we're actually here to think about something that I think is vitally important, not just for us as individuals, but for the church in Ireland today, uh, for the church in Northern Ireland. And it is so in line with what Maracine shared with us uh, some minutes ago, that wonderful word about perspective and what the Lord is speaking into the church. We heard in our Bible reading tonight the story of Barabbas. It's an extraordinary story, the more you think about it. One verse from this story, verse 21 in Matthew 27. The governor asked the crowds, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And at the front of the crowd, they shouted, Barabbas. At the back of the crowd, they shouted, Barabbas. From both sides, they shouted, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And nobody spoke for Jesus. Nobody. It's extraordinary. You know, sometimes we read the Bible, but we don't really enter into it. Just think about this for a moment. Here is the choice being put to this crowd. Two men. They can choose Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Christ, the Messiah. What do we know about Jesus Barabbas, the prisoner, who was a prisoner in a prison cell or in the prison there in Jerusalem at this time? Well, we're told by Matthew, he was a well-known prisoner. We have some of those in Northern Ireland, don't we? Not occasional crime criminals or occasional lawbreakers, but it's a way of life, breaking the law. They become well-known, not famous, but infamous. Barabbas was one of those, according to Matthew. We're told he was a murderer and a robber. Mark tells us he was a rebel. He was with a group of people who were committed to murder and insurrection. John in his gospel refers to Barabbas as a bandit and a robber, a thief. Here is a man saturated with law-breaking, a waster, some would describe him as, a troublemaker, an embarrassment to his family, I can only imagine, certainly an embarrassment to society, a force for evil. And this is the man the crowd choose. Think of who the other man is. Totally different. Not a force for evil, but a force for good. One of the apostles described Jesus so accurately when he said he went about doing good. Haven't we some wonderful phrases in Northern Ireland? And one of them that we've all heard, when someone becomes a Christian, what do we say? It's good living. Isn't that right? I mean, it's extraordinary some of the things we come out with. I heard a lady years ago say, describing someone with very prominent front teeth, do you know her teeth are so prominent she could eat a tomato through a tennis racket? 
Well, it's so descriptive, isn't it? And we describe people who become Christians as good leaven. He's got good leaven. But actually, do you know, the funny thing is, that's actually the way we are meant to be. Just like Jesus. He went about doing good. He never spoke one lie in his life. He paid his taxes. He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. Render to God the things that are God's. He kept the law. He changed lives. He healed people. Crowds followed him because they saw in him hope. Somebody who was kind. A woman who'd had five husbands at a toe and met him at a well said she'd never met a man like this before. A pure man. A man who wasn't lusting for her body, but a man who cared for her soul. And nobody spoke for Jesus. They shouted, Barabbas! Barabbas! Do you know the thing that frightens me? I think if you and I had been there, we'd have done the same. So let's not be judgmental about these people because you and I make foolish choices. You and I, without exception, have disobeyed God. There are times in your life and in my life when we've walked the path we know we shouldn't have and we've said things we later regretted. We did things that we know we shouldn't have done. Our attitudes were not right. We were mean when we could have been generous. We were critical of someone behind their back. We've even been known to say things that are untrue about people. And they chose Barabbas. And so do we sometimes. We choose a respectable religion rather than an uncomfortable Christ. We choose a life of aimless drifting instead of a life that's focused like the Apostle Paul on living for Christ, knowing that even death is gain. Some of us sell our souls to a fat bank balance, the expensive car, the biggest house we could possibly get. And there's nothing wrong with those things, providing they're in perspective. But we sell our soul to them rather than building up treasures in heaven. At the funeral of someone, the printer of the funeral service had made one tiny little mistake, and it was just one letter was wrong in one of the hymns. The hymn was, Guide me, O thy great Jehovah. But instead of the congregation singing, Land me safe on Canaan's side, they sang what was there, Land my safe on Canaan's side. Folks, that's not possible. That is simply not possible. No, Jesus encouraged us to think of the things that last, to think of things eternal, not temporal. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And some of us choose to listen to the voices of our culture rather than listen to the voice of Christ just like these people who shouted for Barabbas. And then the most incredible thing happens. 
Do you notice what it says later, verse 26? Then the governor released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. So come with me, please, to a prison cell. It's probably damp. Certainly at nighttime, it's cold. Many of the prisoners are in chains. And this person walks in and says, Barabbas! There's a prisoner sitting there. He's been there a long time. And the man says to him, you're free. Do you think Barabbas believed him? Come on, stop your joking. Stop winding me up. Barabbas, you're free. Come on. And a few minutes later, the chains were gone. He walked out free. It's not fair, we say. And you're right, it isn't fair. But do you know what it is? It's all because of Jesus. Jesus was going to die in his place. Folks, what we're looking at this week and tonight, as I said on the first night, is right at the heart of the Christian faith. And we're looking at a truth here that I think many of us believe in our heads, but I wonder have we really grasped it in our hearts because it's revolutionary. Part of what Maracine shared with us at the beginning was about being a radical church. I tell you, when we get hold of what we're looking at tonight, we're different people. We are counterculture people. Do you know why? Because we're going to be a grace-filled people. And then other people start asking questions because they see something different. And do you know what they begin to see? something of Jesus. They smell something of his perfume. Let me explain what I mean, just in case we're not grasping this. I wonder where you were all those years ago when the prisoners in the maze prison walked out. Wasn't a prison escape. They'd been told, like Barabbas, they could walk free. Remember seeing that in the telly or hearing it on the radio? I'll never forget the next day because it was headlines in all the newspapers and one of our major daily papers had this headline, The Day Justice Died in Northern Ireland. The Day Justice Died in Northern Ireland. Those prisoners who walked out that day, between them had killed over 71 people they had maimed at least 128 people. And they all walked out of the maze prison free. Without going into the rights and wrongs of political actions, could I just ask you, and I ask myself, how were those of us who were around then, how were we thinking and feeling when we saw that, when we heard it? Honestly, how were we? Angry? Upset? It's not fair! 
They haven't served their full sentence. They haven't paid the price for what they've done. And now they're free. Just like Barabbas. But folks, are we beginning to see what grace is about? This isn't justice. It's grace. And what is grace? It's receiving what we don't deserve. Barabbas didn't deserve to walk free, but because of Jesus in his place, he did. Do you know, we were singing, I wrote it down when we sang it a few minutes ago, Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. Is it any wonder we repeated that line a few times, singing it? Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. Because that's what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. He has paid our debt. He has died in our place. The guilty has died. Sorry, the innocent has died for the guilty. You are the guilty one. I am the guilty one. Jesus, the innocent one, has died in our place so that we could know forgiveness, freedom, peace with God, the peace of God, the glorious liberty of the children of God. And folks, I mean this, it's not fair, but it's amazing grace, outrageous grace. But this is our God. He gives us what we don't deserve. The wages or the salary of sin is death, but what is the gift of God? It's a gift, eternal life. Read the book of Romans. Read Galatians. Read Ephesians. Read what the Bible teaches, and this is what it's about. We have been prisoners to sin, but because of the cross of Christ, we are free people. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And it isn't fair that the innocent suffered for the guilty, but it's grace, folks. I remember one time in Armagh, Helen and I were parked in, it's called the Trian Center in the middle of Armagh City. And I went to the machine to pay, and I couldn't believe this. What a gift to a preacher. Do you know what came up on the screen? I was waiting for two pounds, three pounds, you know, four pounds, 50, whatever. Do you know the message that came up on the screen? Still in grace time. Nothing to pay. Wow. With my 50% Balamina blood, I was nearly dancing. <laughs> I was nearly dancing. Still in grace time. Nothing to pay. Folks, this is what salvation is all about. This is what the good news is all about. This is the good news we have to share. We're all guilty, but through the love, compassion, and incredible grace of our God, we can be forgiven, released prisoners, walking free, swimming in the river of freedom, receiving what none of us deserve. I want to shout hallelujah. I'm like, let me tell you, for some Anglicans, that's a big challenge. In our weekly periodical, which is called the Church of Ireland Gazette, I remember years ago there was a cartoon and the stern-looking rector at the front of the church said to the congregation, would the person who shouted out, praise the Lord, please remember 
this is the house of God. (laughs) Folks, if we can't shout out praise the Lord in the house of God, where can we? That's what our hymns are full of. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. We should be the most grateful, thankful people on earth because we've tasted the goodness of God. We've received the forgiveness of God. The price has been paid, and we're a forgiven people. Hallelujah. Do you know what forgiven people do? They forgive too. Now there is a challenge. What did Jesus teach us to pray? Forgive us our trespasses or our sins. As what? As we forgive others. Do we? Honestly? The apostles teach, God has forgiven you, forgive one another. Part of the dynamic of the kingdom of God, this new family, this new community that Christians are a part of. Forgiveness runs through our arteries, or it should. Why? Because forgiveness flows from the heart of God. Forgiven people forgive I remember when I was rector of St. Patrick's in Coleraine taking a funeral one day and I liked to get to the cemetery first to be waiting for the funeral to arrive. And I was, you got to know the grave diggers really well. And I was standing talking to this grave digger and just general chit-chat, have you had a busy day? Well, he said, I have actually. And, uh, he said, and he pointed to a a big grave, what's called a family grave. And he said, I've spent all morning down that family grave. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, that grave is owned by two brothers. And they're not speaking to each other. They've fallen out. And they have both given me instructions that I have to build a wall down the middle of that grave. Because they're separated in life and they want to be separated in death. I couldn't believe it. That's what he'd been doing that morning, building a wall down the middle of the grave. Folks, that's serious. A total breakdown in relationships. And it can happen to anybody. How different when forgiveness is expressed and experienced. Something new is released. And I honestly believe passionately that the Lord is saying to his church today, be my people. You are a forgiven people. Be a forgiving people. Be a people full of grace and full of truth. Be a people who are more and more like Jesus. Like Barabbas, you've been set free. Go and live like Jesus' followers, the children of a God who forgives and a God of amazing, incredible, outrageous grace. So that's it for this evening, dear friends. Christ calls us to follow him and to choose him. And he calls us to forgive. Are we followers or are we spectators? 
or some of us here tonight, really we're interested, you know, but we're kind of just going along, but we've honestly never really committed ourselves to follow Christ. Well, tonight's the night. Get it sorted tonight. And maybe some of us are here tonight and there really is a forgiveness issue that is so important in our lives. Remember a lady who had had a fallout with somebody who was very close to her and she went for counseling and she responded to the counseling and realized she had to say sorry and she wrote a letter and she actually was suffering physically. She had a physical illness which was directly linked to her resentment and bitterness and an unwillingness to forgive. And so she wrote a letter to the person saying sorry. She carried the letter around in her handbag for weeks. Couldn't post it. And she, I remember hearing her say she knew God wanted her to post it and get this off. And she said, the day I put it in the letter box, I could hear the sound of it as it hit the bottom. He said, I'll never forget it. And God in his grace healed her as well when the forgiveness was expressed. Incredible release came. And I just have a sense that there's somebody here tonight, and you know that's why you're here tonight, because this is something you've been wrestling with. And the Lord, by the power of his Holy Spirit, wants to help you tonight to live out what Jesus has taught us to pray. Lord, forgive me my sins as I forgive others. The Lord has called us not just to be good livers, but great forgivers, just like Jesus. So there it is, brothers and sisters. I wonder what God has been saying to you personally tonight. And are we listening? And what are we going to do about it? Let's just sit in silence for a few moments to reflect on what the Lord has been speaking into us personally. And then we'll pray.